to the Tink Hatfield Show, episode 4, for July 27th, 2020, I can't believe it, we've been here for a whole month now, if you can believe that, ladies and gentlemen, hey Mark, what's going down Air in Nashville, Tennessee, how you doing? I'm doing good, Tank, doing good, hanging in, uh, made it through another Another week, uh, of course, we have a lot of stuff we're going to cover. I can't wait to get to that. Uh, of course, the weather's still hot down here in Nashville, as you know. It's that time of year. And uh, like I said, just looking forward to getting on these topics and uh, getting our stuff out there. Still getting a lot of good feedback. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to do these shows. Yeah, every, everything's happening so fast. Uh, we could almost do a show every day the way the news is. It's hard, you know, it's hard to do these weekly shows because um, we're basically telling yesterday's news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, we're just analyzing yesterday's news and, uh, you know, but I'm sure people understand that uh, things move quick like that and we, we try to hit all the all the hot topics and as much as we can. Okay, hey, first we're going to dive into the news. Um, of course, what everybody's talking about uh, the federal agents going into the cities, finally. Um, this was from last week on Thursday, I believe. Calling Chicago a disaster, the president announced a surge of federal agents will be sent to deal with violence in the nation's cities. They have a spike in violence, of course. And I, I'm basically talking about... Um, you know, Portland, of course, Portland, which, uh, you know, the media doesn't want to talk about right now. And Chicago, which, um, you know, right right now, Chicago, the death rate is, is just going crazy. And, uh, you know, um, it, it, it's just something that uh, is it, just incredible. Um I want to debate, basically, um, the use of federal, it's not troops, this is, you know, this is what people don't understand, they talk about the Posse Comitatus Act, and, and, uh, federal troops, you know, um, is against the Constitution, these are actually agents, these are from the FBI, they're from the, uh, not Secret Service, but Homeland Security, um, and they're, they're just helping the police deal with the violence. You, you have these mayors, and, and you know, I, I don't want to point them out, but I will, because in mostly Democratic-run cities, the mayors just aren't doing anything. They're not, they're, they're letting this, these protesters, which I'm not going to, personally, I'm not going to call them protesters, Mark. I'm going to call them what they are. They're... The looters, the rioters—that's what they are. And uh, 
you know, he, he's finally, which I'm glad he should have probably done this. I mean, he should have done this months ago. But he's, uh, he's getting these people, he's getting these agents in there to help the police. And, uh, really, um, the, the big, uh, the big focal point right now is Chicago. Which, um, that, that, that the murder rate is just going off the, off the track. And, uh, you know, so he, he told the mayor there, he's just, he's gonna bring them in. She doesn't like it, but, uh, you know, Miss Lightfoot, but she's gonna have to deal with it. That's what he's gonna do. So, I mean, what do you think all this? I want to know what you think about it. Well, there's a, there's definitely a lot to get into there, Tag. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, I guess the old saying goes, there's a lot of meat on the bone there. There's a lot to really pick apart, uh, on this, uh, Chicago, uh, you know, the, the federal agents are being sent there for a different reason than what they're being sent for in other places around the country. So uh, we have to look at it like that. Uh, first of all, uh, I did I did see a story uh, the other day over the weekend about how they actually had uh, the president actually had a phone conversation with the mayor of Chicago uh, because she had said previously that she would not allow federal agents into her city. And he called her. Uh, they had a conversation. He explained that the federal agents were not there as part of, uh, uh, you know, dealing with uh, rioters and looters that we like they are in Portland. But they were there strictly to deal with the help federal the help the law enforcement agencies deal with the skyrocketing murder and violence uh, that's going on. And uh, I guess once she got assurances from who was going to be heading that up and, and all that, she agreed to. Uh, and let's not, I mean, let's not mince words here. I mean, this has been going on for a long time, this stuff in Chicago. Right. I mean, the murder rate is going right. sky high. Right, the, the violence, and not just murder, I just, uh, you know, serious violent acts, I mean, you know, have, have really, have really skyrocketed and went through the roof. Um, so, I you know, I was doing a lot. I knew we were going to be talking about this. So, I, you know, of course, I did a little. I was doing some research on it. Of course, doing my own thinking, have my own views. Uh, and some of this is, you know, like people questioning the validity of using federal agents. And, you know, is the government allowed to do this? Uh, you know, those kinds of things being raised. You know, there's people on both sides of the fence of that. Uh, basically, where I come down to, uh, not only does the government have the right to do this, uh, if mayors and governors don't enforce the law in their own cities and states, the government has a responsibility to do this because they have to, they have to ensure that American citizens are safe. So if, you know, if their estimation, if you're not taking care of your city and you've, and believe me, these mayors and governors have had plenty of time to do something and they haven't done anything. And now they're complaining about federal agents in their cities and states. Well, you know, if they would have stepped up law enforcement and they, if they would have put, if they would have tried to quell the violence earlier at any point, they wouldn't have federal agents in their state. So that's uh, that that's my short answer on that as far as my personal opinion. Uh, I did see where I think it was Tom Ridge, the former Homeland Security director. He said, you know, federal aid, the Homeland Security wasn't intended to be used this way. 
he didn't come out totally against it, but he just said, you know, Homeland Security was created. It wasn't supposed to be used this way. Well, well, you know, a lot of things have changed. You have, so, you have to understand when, um, when the Patriot Act, uh, when the Patriot Act was, um, you know, right after 9-11, when the law was put in place, I mean, unfortunately, most of these same senators and congressmen who, who are totally against this now about Trump sending, sending these agents in, they voted for all the laws that make this okay to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Right, well, you know, it's no surprise. I mean, Washington is the is the land of hypocrisy. So, you know, um, you're going to, you know, people people switch sides and, and try to sound like they've been for something all along or been against something all along. That's just the nature of politics, uh, especially the nature in Washington, you know, where you can you could be against something five years ago or three years ago or whatever, and then come out last week and your opinion is totally different and try to, and you can try to claim that you, that you were for it all along, you know? So, uh, Hey, uh, y'all, was, I, I just, Hey, remember I, I was I, for I just, it before I was against it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Was, yeah, exactly. That's uh, yeah, I was, I was for it before I was against it. That's a, you know, <laughs> that's a common refrain among, among politicians. And, uh, as far as Chicago, I, I think we're going to have to wait and see how that turns out. Like I said, because that's for a, a different reason than what's being used in Portland. Uh, I see right now, I mean, there's like a real battle going on in Portland because, you know, the protesters there are using uh, high-powered lasers and, and uh, Molotov cocktails and things like that and throwing them at federal agents and trying to blind federal agents with the, with the lasers. Uh, so it's like a real battle going on out there. They, uh... uh uh, the mayor was out there. The, the the mayor went out there and tried to speak to him and, and tried to, I guess, in some sense, try to say he was on their side. And they and he ended up getting caught up in her mob. And he and and they was chasing him down, you know. So I, I really don't know what their goal or objective is, uh, other than to cause chaos. And if you're going to do that and you're breaking laws, then the then the federal government, like I said, has responsibility to be there. If you're not, if the if leaders of your own city and state's not going to do anything about it. Well, that's um, you know, I think uh, you know me being a libertarian, and uh, I mean traditionally li- libertarians doesn't want you know we want limited government. We definitely don't want the uh, you know we like militias, which you know uh, most people think are outdated. Um, but I mean, I'll I'll say this. When you're at the point when a, you know, uh, a mayor or a, um, a head of police will not do their job, that, I mean, uh, what are you going to do at, at that point? If, if the government can't come in to protect you, what are you going to do? You know what, uh, yep. what I'm saying? And, uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, the point that the government has to come in to do this is very sad for people who vote these mayors in. I mean, I really, I really believe you deserve the government you get. If you vote for these people that will not protect you, I mean, you deserve, I mean, I, I hate to say that you deserve everything you get. In Portland, 
right now, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, you're seeing, yeah. you're seeing the government you elected. And, and that's the thing. I mean, the Chicago mayor, you know, uh, Miss Lightfoot, you made reference to, I mean, she's made some pretty, what I would think would be out, outrageous statements, you know, uh, Blaming the, blaming the gun violence in her city on other states. But again, instead of taking responsibility of what's going on in her city, not the, uh, and then basically, and then basically saying, you know, you guys are pretty, you know, you're the citizens, you, you know, you guys are pretty much on your own, you know. I mean, but again, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. She can get away with it because she's a minority. I mean, that's the bottom line. Well, I don't know. No, I you know I'm, I'm gonna disagree uh, with that. I I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's all that. Uh, I I don't know. I, I just can't I just can't see why you know when you say get away with it. Uh, I guess you're talking about the statement itself. The you know what she's well, saying. She can say whatever you know, she wants. She can she can let it go. Let everything go to shit because she's a minority. If it was a I, I mean. I'm I'm sorry to say this, but if it was a white male conservative, he couldn't get away with it. Well, but we've seen plenty of we've seen plenty of white male, maybe not conservatives, but we've seen plenty of white males mayors and stuff of other cities who haven't who haven't done anything, and they and they've made some pretty, in my opinion, silly statements too. You know, so I mean, obviously they can say it without without much of repercussion about saying it uh but you know i i you know i don't think it's uh i think we get to a really i think we get to a, to a really different discussion when we start talking about uh that she's allowed to say it and nobody's gonna hold her accountable just because you know she's a minority i, th- I think that i think i think we're really you know i i I just don't agree with that. I just think we're just going down a whole different path with that. Well, now, uh, hey, hey, I mean, I, maybe maybe she gets away with it. Maybe she gets away with it a little more. I mean, you know, uh, she's allowed to go a little further because she's a woman. I don't know. I mean, it does seem it does seem female politicians are allowed to say a lot more and be a lot more critical than male politicians. I've seen that. Uh, that's maybe just a sign of the times that we're in. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm not ready to go down that road and and sit here and label it that it's all, you know, because she's a minority she can get away with it. I I don't I don't think that's fair. I certainly don't agree with how she's handled it, but uh, I don't think it's fair to label it uh, as that. Well, let's see. Um, this is a uh, of course this is a continuing story. It's not getting much news coverage because, you know, the media doesn't want to, you know, unless it, uh, I mean, in my mind, you know, unless it shows Trump in a negative light, they they don't want to show it. But we, you know, that's okay. We disagree. That's fine. That's uh, how it is on, you know, how we do this. Oh, we just got—we just got to, you know, state our opinions, man. You yeah, know? I know. <laughs> We're just stating what we can. I know. So. That, that's how it is. I—I want to change subjects now. Um, 
course, uh, you know, uh, COVID is in the news again. I bet you didn't know that, Mr. Hatfield. <laughs> well, I, I have not been living under a rock. Yes. Even if I was living yes. under a rock, well, I, still, now, I still heard something about it. Uh, last week on, uh, I believe it was Thursday, the Ohio governor ordered statewide mask mandate. Um, certain Thursday, this was last Thursday, everyone in Ohio must wear a mask when out in public, Governor Mike DeWine announced. Um, we gotta get this virus under control, he said, wearing masks is gonna make a difference. Um, the announcement came a day after President Donald Trump stressed the importance of wearing a mask to tamp down the coronavirus. Which, I have a strong opinion on that, but, um, at any rate, at least 41 states plus Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico now have some type of mask requirement in place. Um, and I know earlier this month, Kentucky did the same thing. So, I mean, um... What is your opinion on all this? Well, I to be honest with you, uh, I'll put it in the category of I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, I think it's a eventuality for some states. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on how many cases you've had, uh, how many deaths you've had, and a lot of it's going to depend on who your governor is, uh, whether they mandate it or not. Um, so Kentucky didn't really surprise me. Uh, the governor, uh, Bashir there has been real outspoken, uh, ever since, uh, the, the outbreak and everything. So, uh, him mandating the mask didn't surprise me at all when he did that. Uh, uh, the governor of Ohio, uh, that one, it surprised me a little, uh, but considering he's not, he's not really well received in the, in his own Republican party anyways. Uh, he's kind of looked at as, uh, being a more uh, moderate or uh, somebody would say a, a soft Democrat, <laughs> even though he's Republican. But uh, he, uh, you know, it surprised me a little. I, you know, I have some personal friends of mine that live in, in both states. Uh, now, are you again, under? You know, like the rest of the country. Are you, uh, are you guys under a mask uh, requirement right now? I mean, uh, how the, is it down there? The, the, the city of Nashville is where I'm at and some surrounding cities are. Uh, the governor here has uh, not to this point, to this point, he has not mandated masks. He's, and he has stated, he's one on record and stated that's not something he's comfortable with doing. So, uh, but there are uh, cities and counties here that are, uh, that have, you know, masks. And obviously, you know, the uh, uh, schools and different things, you know, I know we're going to get into later and talk about some of that. Um, but, uh, like I was going to say, you know, like the rest of the country, my friends that live in these states of Kentucky and Ohio, and even in Michigan and, you know, like the rest of the country, it's split. You know, some, some people want to wear them all the time and some people don't want to wear them at all. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a divisive issue. It's, it's another thing that, that, that has come between people now is, 
you know, are you a, are you pro mask or are you anti mask? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, like it, I would put it under the category of uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's ends up being a, a few more before all this is over. Uh, but that's that's where that's where I'm at on it. Um, I really believe. I mean, um, basically, um, I'm surprised that all 50 states are in this thing. I know we are here. It, it's it's. You know, up here, it's kind of weird. I think what the governor says up here, Whitmer, is uh, if you're in, if you're outside within a certain number of people, you know, I'm not sure. I think a lot of people are confused. If you're inside a business, of course, you got to wear it. Um, I expect this to be, you know, total all 50 states, Puerto Rico, whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm not... I've said on previous shows, and you know personally how I think about this. I, I, I just, I, I don't see how this is helping anything. I mean, every uh, supposedly everybody's wearing masks, but, uh, and you know, all the cases are continuing to go up, and uh, all these governors just blame it on people that's not wearing masks, which, you know, I well, and we also, we also have to look at it. In the sense that when we say that, you know, these mass scores being mandated, we have to realize some of these governors are, are saying that they're mandated, but then also allowing the exceptions, except if you're protesting, except if you're a protester uh, or something like that, that, you know, you're not required to wear the mask. So, I mean, and there's people that's upset by that, and I certainly understand that. Uh, but... I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted to get that. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> no, that's a, hey, that's a real good point because uh, you know, I mean, there are people out there, you know, and, and and I'll tell you, at this point, they're not protesting anymore. Okay, I I understand they had protests two weeks over George, uh, you know, George uh, Floyd's death. Um, I get it. I understand uh, they wanted to. You know, the issue of violence for the cops. I, I get that. But, you know, now they continue to, you know, they're not protesting anymore. At this point, they're just people, they have nothing to do but go out and riot. Because that's what they're doing. They're just causing violence. And, uh, I mean, that's what they're doing. And they're being allowed by these governors to do this. But yet... I gotta wear a mask all day while I'm working at, you know, where I work at. So, you know, I mean, I'm well, not. Let, I'm, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that, you know, the governors and law enforcement officials, whoever that they, they, they let the rioters and protesters and, the, you know, they let them do that because almost to a point that they're, Afraid to enforce any kind yes. of law on them? Yes. Police right now, they're on the defensive. They don't want to do anything. They're afraid of doing anything. Okay, especially to a minority. If you if they pull over a minority right now, they're afraid. 
I'm telling you, they are. They're afraid of being on camera. They're they're afraid of doing something wrong because they, you know, they could go to jail. They could lose their job. I mean, and that's what these politicians have put them in the position to be. And this is terrible. They're playing politics now. You know, I think that's a. I think I think that's a very I think that's that's a very fair point. No, because they, uh, do they can't do their job. I, I, I do think law enforcement. I think they've had their hands tied behind their back. Sure, they have. Know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to do your job. Well, you know, when you're told other things you can't do. Sure, they <laughs> you have. Know, you so. can't do chokeholds anymore. What are they supposed to do? I mean, Mark, what are they supposed to do? You can't. I understand. No, you I have mean, uh, you have people. You have people. You have people trying to make up new rules and new systems that's never been a law enforcement official before, or never been in law enforcement. So, I think I guess some things sound good on paper when they write sure it. Sure, it sounds well, hey, great. You know, you can do it sure, it does. That way. But if you got a guy driving 110 miles an hour and he's drunk, and you pull him over, and he runs from you, what are you supposed to do? You can't give him a chokehold. How are you supposed to put him down? You're supposed to let him go? I mean, but that's what these cops are basically, hey, because I don't want to get involved. That's what they've done. Yeah, it's a, it's, it definitely is a, we could probably do a whole show just talking oh, about Oh, yeah, that. we could, we, talk about we the, could do a whole the show on that. law enforcement aspect of it. And I know, I know uh, we, and we, what are they supposed to do? we gotta move on. Um, this, um, I got a story here from, uh, Thursday, again, last Thursday. Uh, Dr. Scott Katiba, um, I'm sorry, I, I messed his name up. Um, he says that the uh, COVID-19 deaths could reach 300,000 by year-end if this trend continues. Um, he was on CNBC on Thursday, and he basically said that uh, the current deaths could double if we don't do the right things. He says that we are uh, close to 1,000 casualties a day. And if we don't change anything, basically you do the math. Um, he says that the uh, mortality rates are falling. Um, however, he warned the problem is we're hospitalizing a lot of patients. And he's afraid that the hospitals will get overrun again and uh, the death rate will go up. So... You know, I mean, uh, this this goes back to the whole thing that Trump, until he, you know, until he pivoted, said that, uh, you know, maybe we just have to deal with this thing, like we deal with the flu. Now, I know it's more dangerous than the flu, but, you know, what are you going to do until we get a vaccine or, you know, I mean, what do you think about this? Well... Uh, I guess the biggest thing that sticks out to me, you know, with that, he said, the doctor said, if we if we don't start doing the things that we should do, well, I guess that would depend on what the doctor thinks are the good things or the things that we should be doing. You know, I don't know if he's just on board with just the uh, following the same protocol of, of the masks and 
the washing your hands and that, or does it, or does he bring something else to the table? You know, I mean, is, is there something else that we should be doing or something we should, something else we should be looking at? So, um, you know, it is scary to think about the, the mortality rate going up, but, you know, I guess overall, we're all with it when we look at the mortality rate going up. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it's hit. I know, in fact, I know it hasn't hit the numbers that they were talking about when it first broke out. When it first broke out and there was, let's face it, a little more widespread panic about it, uh, they had the numbers a lot higher than what they are now. So, uh, you know, you can take a look at it that way, the, you know, the glass half full, half empty uh, kind of approach to it. Uh, so, I mean, you know, any amount of deaths are, are not good for it, but, you know, like you said, and until something comes along or until it goes away on its own or whatever happens, happens, uh, nobody can really tell where this mortality rate is going to end at. So we'll, we'll know by the end of everything, we'll know, uh, you know, who was right and who was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, uh. My opinion is, you know, I mean, I don't know. Till we get it, you know, until we get vaccine to help, you know, supposedly there's there's a lot. There's two vaccines they've been testing that seem very hopeful. But even but even with that tank, you know, you got people that are dead set against any kind of vaccine. If they have to take a like a flu shot for it. Uh, I know the the hydrochloric uh, clean. I, I know that uh, has been tested. I've you know, and of course, there's mixed results on that. Some people say it works really well and to fight off COVID. Some people says it doesn't. Can uh, can I? Some people I, say some people. Can I? Yeah, uh, I was just going to finish my thought. There. Yeah, let me finish my thought. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, and I was just saying, you know, even with that, you know, some people argue that the reason that we're not using it is because uh, the big pharmaceutical companies don't have or are not responsible for it. So they, they don't, they don't make any money off of it. So therefore that's why it's, we're not going to see it. But I, I will mention, you know, uh, the president mentioned that three, four months ago. Also, I'll yeah. tell you that not, not that you go down the rabbit hole, but the, uh, the, the person who invented that died a couple years ago. In suspicious circumstances. I, you know, Not to go down the hole. I just don't know why everybody can't get on the same page for things, you know, that are good. You know what I mean? Like, if it's shown some, if it's shown success, you know, then why can't we get on board with that? I mean, I'm not just saying just about that hydrochloroquine in particular. I'm saying about anything. You know, if something works, why do we, you know? Why can't we just get on board with it and, you know, let's try to fight this thing and let's try to stop it. But, you know, I know everybody's got their own thoughts and ideas on that. And uh, like I said, you know, there's, there's a couple different vaccines, I think, that's coming down the line that we're going to look at. And uh, so, we're again, it's another it's another wait and see thing. And a lot of us don't want to wait and see. And I'm one of them. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm impatient. Like everybody else is, you know, everybody being quarantined, we're, we're all t- kind of tired of this little routine we got, we got, we're doing. But uh, I don't know. We're just gonna have to wait and see. 
You're right, sir. Um, you're right. It, it's tough. It's tough. But uh, I, I guess, you know, hopefully something something happens. Something good happens. Um, I'm going to switch a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the fall. Uh, and and uh, you know this more than anything. Now, I, I have a uh, son who just graduated, which... Now with everything going on is great. <laughs> um, this story is very few Americans actually back uh, full school opening. This was from uh, AP News. Um, apparently, they did a poll. Only about one in ten Americans think daycare centers, preschools or K-12 schools should open this fall. Um, you know, everybody's paranoid. They're paranoid their kids going to school, you know, and getting, uh, getting sick, bringing it home, you know. I mean, and, uh, you know, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, a lot of these schools are um, thinking of doing the online, you know, which which I believe is terrible. But I mean, I, I want you know because you have a young son in school. I would like your opinion on it because I know he had to well, he had to go online. My my boy had to go online for a few classes to graduate, but. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you kid, this, this basically is, uh, you know, this is in your court, yeah, so I want, I want to hear your opinion. Yeah, this is hit, this is hitting him right in his peak years of, of going to school because, uh, you know, this was, you know, he's twelve, he'll be uh, thirteen coming up in September. Uh, he hasn't been in the classroom since March uh, when they. Uh, at that time, they they sent the, they sent the kids home, and at that time, it was supposed to be for uh, two weeks, and that was right around the time of their uh, spring break anyway. So there was like one week in there where they wasn't gonna miss any class time because it was kind of intertwined with the spring break. Uh, and when they did uh, finally eventually call the school uh, school season and say that you know they weren't gonna have it, uh, they didn't do any uh, mandatory online things or anything like that. They sent out some lesson plans and, and, and stuff like that if, if kids wanted to, uh, to do that. Uh, but the school district that he's in, uh, he's he lives in a different uh, city than I do. Uh, and he's there most of the time in you know, a different city. They actually left it up. They actually had a vote. Uh, the parent let the parents vote. You know, did you want the schools to open? Uh, did you want online schooling? Or did you want a hybrid of both? Uh so when the results came in, uh, most parents in that city wanted uh, the schools to reopen. I believe it was almost a balance, a three to one uh, margin. So they basically, so, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I mean, do they rule according to, you know, what the, the, what the parents well, want? Well, the school board, well, the school board itself took it into consideration. They, they said they was, that it wasn't. I guess not necessarily the full decision made by the parents. They said they were they, whatever the results were of their 
of the vote, they were going to take that into consideration. And it turned out that a majority of the people on the board also favored a return to school. So, uh, but they also left the exception open for parents that still aren't comfortable with sending their kids to school, or maybe some of the kids that may, you know, have different health issues, this, that, uh, they gave them the option of, uh, of the online learning. And I know there's some that's going to take advantage of that. Uh, and at this point, because the school season hasn't started yet, so I can't say it's actually going to happen. At this point, it's still on, and they're going to and they're going to be having school. Uh, personally, myself, uh, my son needs to be in the classroom. He needs to be around other kids. He needs the interaction because he's a uh, you know he's got ADHD. So I don't know, you know, I, I think the online class for him personally. I'm not saying it works. I'm not saying for everybody, but for him personally. You know, it almost like it would set him up for failure because I, I don't know if he would devote uh, the type of effort that needed, you know, that he would have, he's actually in a classroom where it's a little more structured. Um, but like I said, the school season hasn't started yet, so we're still waiting and seeing, you know, I know there's a lot of calls now for uh, not just here, but across the country for schools not to reopen. So it's still it's still an issue right now. So we'll just have to wait and see here. Uh, but at this point, uh, you know, I think he, I think he's got uh, this week and the next week he's supposed to, they're supposed to start going back to school. So uh, maybe he'll get back in there and uh, we'll just have to, we'll just have to see how that goes. But my personal opinion is, uh, you know, I, I do think they need to get back in there. Uh, obviously with precautions that they're going to be taking now, they have to wear masks every day. You know, uh, and there's different protocols for even for the school bus rides. You know, there, there's different protocols for that now. Um, so it, it's it's definitely a it's definitely a different time, and it's definitely going to be a learning curve for everybody. I mean, uh, but like I said I I I, uh, I even told I even told my son uh, over the weekend. I told him, yeah, I said. School's supposed to start back up, but I it, it isn't here yet. So I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm still at that point where I'm, I'm not fully buying in that it, that they're even going to have it. So yeah, it I, still may end up being online. I, uh, I definitely get that. I think they're, uh, I think they're pushing the online thing. I think people, I think just like you, uh, kids need kids. They need that structure. Being online, it's just there's too much temptation. They need to be in a class, I believe, just like you. And hopefully, um, for you, you know, uh, it gets in a class. You know, he gets in a class because they need that. that that's my opinion, too. I'm with you 100% on that. 100%. I think they need that structure, being with other kids. You have to learn to talk to people and react and sit in that. You, you sit in your home, you know, it, it, it's different. You're yeah. not around it. I, and I, like the thing, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, both both his mom and myself, we work. Uh, you know, I've been working from home, but still, I wouldn't have the time to devote to him if he was going to be doing the online class all the time. And then his mom still works, and she's worked during this entire pandemic. And, you know, she... Has to, she doesn't get the opportunity to work from home. She actually has to go in uh, to her place where she works, and she wouldn't have time 
uh, to sit with him every day and, and go over his online classes. So I, I don't even know how her and I well, would even work that out, even if you did have online classes. That's trust so, me. That's a that's a whole new thing we could get into. That's a whole new problem that all of these parents yeah. have. Trust me. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna move into uh, on uh, last Monday. Uh, the president uh, decided to bring back. Uh, the uh, COVID briefings, an attempt to revive his campaign. Now, this this article I'm reading a little sided. You know, he thinks well to revive his campaign. Of course, uh, Trump is better. You know, when he's out with the people talking, and um, you know, at any rate. Uh, the president's announcement Monday that he would resurrect the White House COVID task force briefings is basically, um, he had debate, apparently, among his aides to do this. He decided to do this. So now he's, uh, he's going to do these briefings again. And, uh, his approval ratings, of course, have been, uh, you know, really, you know, plummeting since he hasn't been out there. And then he gets out there and, you know, um, he gets in a setting where he's not comfortable. He's asked a lot of, you know, kind of off-the-wall questions. Uh, you know how he gets. You know, he, he's got a... Uh, He's got an ego, he's got a uh, temper, somebody says the wrong thing, you know, and, uh, you know, you know what I mean, you know what I mean on that. So, uh, what he's saying is, and the task force is a great way to get information out in the public, um, to get a, uh, you know, a, uh, Basic barometer on the vaccines that are being tested, therapeutics, and he can basically uh, update everybody on um, how everything is going. He can also use his um, personality to try to, uh, you know, push the public. Because, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's the basis, that's why people voted for him, and, uh, you know, because of everything that's going on, he's he's been trapped, and he can only do certain things, and be in interviews where they're telling him direct questions, where he's got to have direct answers, and he can't be with the people, and it's, I, I know he's... You know, I mean, my opinion is he's, he knows that he's in trouble. Um, he thinks that maybe this will, I mean, and this is only my opinion. He thinks that him being out in the public like this, maybe that, that it will uh, move support towards him and, uh, you know, revive the uh, election. Because in most polls, I mean, he's, he's losing. He's trailing by, you know, 10, 12 points, so, 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you think these briefings even help? I mean, or, you know, we know what's going on, and, you know, it, it's just him talking. I don't know. Well, I, I think there's I think there's two things that really stand out to me that make it, they're, I mean, they're very clear to me. One, with the uh, campaigning restrictions that is in place right now, you know, because you know, they can't have large crowds and, you know, do the normal uh, political speeches and, and things that you would normally do if you were campaigning. That these the press conferences, let's face it, that that is him campaigning for his job. You know, that that and they felt the need and as I'm sure he probably felt the need the strongest to he had to get out there and do something. That's one point. That you know that this is that is his way of campaigning. Two, you know, regardless whether you love him or hate him, uh, like him, dislike him, I mean, whatever your your thoughts is on him, the people that love him love these press conferences, and they love seeing their and they love seeing the president out there. So, uh, you know, it like I said, and and you're correct when you said you know. This is that that's his kind of environment. He likes he likes getting on TV. He likes uh he I mean he he comes from TV. I mean he's a yeah, you know, he's, he's a, a TV uh, celebrity, so I mean, you know, I mean he, he comes from TV, so that's kind of his that's kind of his realm. He's a nurse. So he'll go out there and and he'll fight no matter what to, happens. Uh, you know. And he and he likes to and he likes to get into the back and forth of the reporters. And he knows when he when he gets in those situations, more often than not, he's the one that that come, looks like the winner, you know. Uh, because they're asking questions, some, you know, sometimes it has nothing to do with with issues that we're facing. Uh, they also ask questions where they try to deliberately trip him up, because let's face it, they don't like him a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's just saying that to be fair. I'm not taking a side either way, but I think I think any normal objective person can can look at the two sides and see that they you know they don't really have any there's no love lost for each other you know so that's just being objective but i think overall it, it is a campaign move because you know like i said you made reference to earlier i mean he, he's not he's not able to get out and campaign in the normal way and joe biden i mean he hasn't been real visible and basically all biden has to do at this point is just Stay out of the way and, and not say anything stupid or do anything yeah. stupid to jeopardize his campaign. So come out of the hole. I mean, I guess go that's back the way. In the hole. That's all he's got to do. <laughs> I guess that's the way everybody's looking at it. The grown hole. Uh, he's a grown hole. I don't. Uh, I think. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm. You know, maybe he does feel his back is against the wall, and this is what he has to do. So. The briefings are back. Whether you like them or not, they're back. And he's the president, so when the president decides they're going to speak, you know, they get the opportunity to speak, and a lot of cameras will be on. And, you know, we're going to see it. So people are just going to have to deal with it. Yes, sir. And that, uh, you know, what you said abruptly uh, goes to the next story. Um, which would have been the top of the news, but, you know, everything happened so fast now. Um, you know, the president on Thursday, uh, he canceled the Republican convention in Jacksonville. 
He just said it's not the right time with the outbreak coming. And, uh, you know, he, he's talking about what Biden is. We'll do it on video. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do that. You know, I mean, I don't know. I think this is, uh, I heard this news. You actually told me this. And I, I think this is terrible. I think he should have went, he should have done it. I, I don't think he should have canceled this. Um. I don't know. It, it this bothers me. He's, um, you, you know, this bothers me. I heard it from you, and and uh, I just can't, you know. I I, I think he should have went through with it. Everybody could have wear masks. We uh, he could have done it safely, or whatever they call safe is. But he's just when he does this kind of thing. When he backtracks after he says this and says that, you're just making the media just gang up on you. I mean, what's your opinion? Well, I mean, I was a little, I was a little surprised when I when the, when the story came across, and in fact, I had to, you know, I looked it up in a couple of different places to make sure there wasn't just like some like it like it wasn't one of those false stories or whatever that was out there. Uh, so when I did confirm that that was a legitimate thing, you know, that's when I notified you and told you about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was surprising. Uh, you know, Florida, no secret, has been a a bit of a hotbed for the for the virus ever since it started. Uh, so I think a lot of that was taken into consideration. I think it looked at the negative uh, press, the negative coverage they would get if they went ahead with it. How would it look? Uh, you know, politics a lot of times is a lot about optics, you know, and what what things look like. So they they didn't really know. I heard one of the one of the things one of the base going on within the campaign was, you know, what are we going to tell the convention goers? You know, you know, because you got some that are dead set against wearing masks, and you got some that are wearing. So are we going to have people wearing masks, or we're not going to have wearing masks? You know, I mean, so I heard, I heard that was kind of a bit of debate within the campaign. Uh, so again, you know. We live in different times, and, and everything is different, and we're getting to areas where we haven't had to face these things before. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think if anything, maybe maybe you could have moved it. Maybe you could have moved the convention. I don't know, you know, how much time and planning uh, would be needed to do all that. Maybe you could have moved it if they actually want to get to a physical site and do something. Uh, but, you know... We know conventions are basically they're basically a theater, you know, for the for the diehard politicians, you know, and, and for the delegates to get out and you know congregate. Uh, I don't know if it so much really affects the the just you know you and I and the, and the regular people sitting at home. I don't know how much it really affects affects us. Uh, I can't imagine there being too many undecided voters at this point. I think you, you pretty much have, have decided a long time ago uh, which way you're going. So maybe in the end, maybe they don't lose a lot by not having one. Uh, I just think more or less, I just think more that the story is that uh, we're actually at a place in time in, in our history where 
we're so used to these conventions and we're so used to seeing our candidates out there and we're so used to seeing our presidents out there and, and, and now we're not seeing any of that. So it's definitely a different different style of campaigning and a, and a, a different time for everybody. I, uh, I totally understand that. I think the president made a big mistake, but uh, I guess we're seeing the end. We still have 100 days. Today was the 100th day to the election. Um, uh, guess who showed up again, Mr. Hatfield? I'm going to guess by the tone of your voice, it's probably your favorite yes, person. Yes, person these days. Coma Joe. <laughs> Coma Joe showed up again. Um, last Wednesday, Coma Joe, Joe Biden, he said uh, he came out of his hole. He said President Trump was a country's first racist president. Yes, the uh, presentive, presumptive, is still presumptive nominee, a Democratic nominee, said that, uh, you know, racism is a big issue in this campaign, and, uh, you know, the president's a racist, basically, and that, uh, you know, he's spreading it, it's bad, the way he deals with people based on the color of the skin, nationality, origin, where they're from, he thinks it's absolutely sickening. He said in a video call, of course it's a video call, because he doesn't go out in public, because I don't think the nurses at the nursing home let him. But that's just my opinion. Um, he said, we've had racist, but not like this. Um, They've never tried to get elected president. Um, he's the first one that has been elected president. Um, at that point, I, I guess he peed all over himself, and he went back into his hole. So, um, okay, well, <laughs> maybe he didn't do that, but anyways, at that point, uh, what do you think, uh, Mr. Hatfield? Just point, point at me when you want me to speak. Point at me. Well, obviously, uh, I can tell just by your comments, uh, Tank, that there's obviously no love lost between you and Joe Biden. Uh, you've expressed your, uh, uh, let's just say, dislike for him <laughs> in previous comments, previous shows. So, uh, I found the comment to be troubling. I also found it, uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's accurate. I don't see how it's an accurate statement. Um, it's, it just seems, <laughs> I mean, Joe Biden hasn't had the best track record when, about race when it's come to speaking on race himself. You know, he's, he's made several, uh, comments himself that, uh, put him in a, in a bad in a bad light, in a bad position uh, when it comes to that. Um, as far as to his direct point of Trump was the first racist president, you know, I, I disagree with that. I, I you know, it, it 
we can go into so many different ways with this. Uh, I mean, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know the hearts and minds of all the other presidents. So you don't know who was a racist and who and who wasn't. Uh, you know, has Donald Trump, has the president done things that people don't like and they deem it as racist? Yeah, yeah, you know he has. Uh, but. I don't know. The, the comment Joe Biden makes about him being the first racist president, I, I think it was I, ill-advised is probably at best. I think if he had to do it over again, I don't think he, I don't think he would say that. He might, he might say, choose a different phrasing uh, for that. So that's just, that's what I think about. Like I said, yeah. we can go in different directions on it, but uh, you know, Biden is known to, uh, to make these kind of comments every once in a while. So. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Um, I wanted to get into sports. We're uh, slowing down. We're getting towards the end quick. Um, I just want to say, I just want to ask you, are we going to have baseball or not? Baseball's coming up now, but with the COVID, is baseball going to continue? Your thoughts? My heart tells me yes. My heart tells me yes. I think we're going to have baseball, and I hope we continue. I know they had a little, they started over the weekend. Uh, my heart tells me yes. I know some games already been canceled as of today, as of this broadcast. Uh, my heart tells me yes, we're going to have it, and I certainly hope it, it we get to. And you know, I'll go right into my picks real quickly. I know we before the show started. I know you told me you said you lost your picks. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 so I know we'll get yours, but you know, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Yankees uh, in the American League, and. I'm going to take uh, the Dodgers in the National League, and I'm going to take my Yankees to win it all. And okay. probably, I would say, I would probably say seven games is probably a good bet. Well, that, that so. sounds good. Um, I'm not going to pick Houston now. Verlander's out, so I don't know if you heard that <laughs> yet. But uh, uh, Houston's gone. Tigers suck. I like the Yankees just because you like the Yankees. They're always winners. Um, you know, I, I don't... Uh, baseball to me, you know, I mean, I, I don't pick too much. Um, I think in the end, it will be the Senators, Washington. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know what I mean? Being the National? Yeah, I, I national, just think that, I think the Senators are going to win it all. Are you doing that deliberately, I see? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think... I, I respect the Yankees. I hate them. <laughs> but I respect them. All right. We, All right. We got about 25 seconds left. Last word, Mark Hatfield. Right. What you got to say? If anybody has any questions, comments, uh, anything they want to add, reach out to us at Tank and Hatfield. At gmail.com. That's Tank and Hatfield at gmail.com. All one word. Okay, I got five seconds Uh, left. We got to end the show. I'm sorry, sir. This is. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the Tank and Hatfield show. Uh, We had a lively conversation today. It went back and forth. We loved every minute of it. We love doing this for you every week. 
Uh, just wanted to give you a little reminder. Any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to add, go ahead and feel free to email us at tankandhatfield at gmail.com. That's tankandhatfield at gmail.com. Also, and we're not going to hide it or hold back. We're still looking for a producer, somebody to help us out with the editing and uh, marketing and uh, all the all the other fun stuff uh, that comes along. Maybe, maybe help us create a website. So if you're interested in that, you can uh, let us know that too. So just send us an email to tankandhatfield at gmail.com. And like I said, we'll try to get you... Uh, Get you in there, listen to, uh, try to get your questions and comments on the air, and we'll talk about it. And we hope we're doing, uh, we hope we're doing this thing right, and we hope to improve every week. So, once again, uh, thanks for listening. And if you have anything to add, that's tankandhatfield at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon, guys. <laughs>